Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. We're going to have a good time. We're going to talk about the word here for just a few minutes, and then we get to chat in our groups. But today we're going to finish out our series on the church. We've been going through the book of Acts, and we've been talking about uh, the church and the power of the church, the mission of the church. And we're going to finish really where we began at the beginning of all of this, which is to talk about and revisit the purpose of the church. What was the point of the church? What was the mission of the church? And this is a really important question for us as we finish this series and as we get ready to launch in Advent season. It's a really good question for us to ask because if there's anything that I recognize right now about our world around us, it, it needs a church that has a mission and is on mission. It needs a church that has a message. It needs a church that is ready to bring hope in the middle of some uncertain times. And, uh, and so we find that in the book of Acts, the message that they conveyed was a powerful message that we're going to find is not only just the message of the book of Acts, but it's the same message here today. What is so cool is that as Jesus was ascending up into heaven, he gave us a mission. And he said, go and preach the gospel. And so today we're going to talk about what is the gospel and what is our testimony. We look in the book of Acts and we can see that our testimony is actually the thing that starts to propel people um, towards Jesus. It actually like moves them in the direction of Jesus. And we were commissioned by Christ. So we were on mission with him. We're in the mission together with him, commissioned or commissioned, if you want to say it the right way, but I like it commissioned because we're co-together, missioned to do, um, to share the gospel, to preach the gospel, to share our testimony. That's the work of Christ in us. And so um, first, I think it's really important, and we talked about this, to say what exactly is the gospel? What is the gospel? Do we actually like know what it is? Um, because as I think some of us might have parts of it and some of us might have all of it. Um, but as I was looking at it, I realized that oftentimes we limit it to just Jesus died on a cross and rose again. But I actually have a little bit of a challenge for us today um, to go beyond just that little snippet, okay? Um, the gospel is the good news. That's what it means. It's good news. We have good news in a bad news world. Right now, we are living in a time just like Acts where there was a lot of bad news. And we have a lot of fake news. I'm going to talk about that in a second. But we have a lot of bad news. And we have the good news. So I wanted to just kind of share a snippet of what the gospel is. The kingdom of God is at hand. We, that is the gospel, the kingdom of God. It's not just um, we are saved, but we, we are saved and we are bringing life and love and peace and truth and hope to a world that desperately needs it. The good news is that God's kingdom is here. It is coming. It is upon us. It has arrived. That's the good news. And so, um, you know, I, I think it would be good to start at the beginning though, okay? I'm going to go back a little bit. Everyone everywhere is in revolt against God. Our world is separated from him. We're under judgment. We're on a path to complete destruction, right? Does anybody feel that right now? Am I preaching the real, the real world right now? <laughs> but 
But God, in his great, abounding, merciful love, he sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins. He was crucified, and then he was buried. And on the third day, he was raised to life again and appeared to over 500 people. Isn't that amazing? And in this, he conquered sin and its penalty, death, because he was a perfect, sinless sacrifice. Amen. (laughs) As we receive this message of faith and repent, turning instead to Jesus, away from all our sin, confessing him as Lord, we become active participants in this new kingdom. Isn't that amazing? That's where we get commissioned. We become active participants. We are active participants of the gospel. And so one day he will make all things new. No effect of sin will survive. We get to enjoy his presence now and forever. And when we share the gospel, we are sharing the good news of our King Jesus, right? Now, now you know what the gospel is. It's the kingdom of Jesus. And you, you can actually study this. It's, look in Romans and look in 1 Corinthians. That's where I pulled all my, all my gospel stuff. But let's get familiar with the whole gospel, the wholeness of who Jesus is and what he's done, and that it's a kingdom thing, not just a me thing. It's a, it's a we thing and not just a my life thing, right? It's meant to be shared. It's meant to be part of a whole, right? Um, in Acts, the gospel was shared by the testimony of those who had a Jesus encounter, and they believed in faith, and it changed their whole world. And their testimony is what they began to share, their testimony of that encounter with Jesus. Um, And there's an interesting story at the end of Matthew. In Matthew 28, verses 11 through 15, um, the, the soldiers that were at the tomb where Jesus was raised again, they were paid off, paid off with money by the elders of the land and told them, you must say, Jesus' disciples came during the night while we were sleeping and stole his body. If the governors hear about it, we'll stand up for you so you won't get in trouble. So the guards accepted the bribe and said what they were told to say. Their story was spread widely among Jews, and they still tell it today. Matthew was written like 30 to 40 years after Jesus died. So that story or lie was still being spread. It was fake news. They had fake news in Acts. Okay? But the power of the gospel and the testimony of the saints was stronger than the power of the lie. So our testimony is more powerful than the lie that is out there. There's a lie that you need to be whatever. I don't know. There's a lot of lies. I'm not going to go into them all right now. But our pow- the power of our testimony is stronger than the lie that is out there right now. You, you, look, at, you look at the, amazing, the amazingness of that story, and you realize that there was the continuation of a lie, but it far it was far superseded by the truth that came through the testimony. Um, Really, when we talk about our testimony, we can wrap it up into two questions. And this is the questions that we want to pose to you today and talk through these for a couple of minutes. The first question is this, and this is really when it comes to sharing the good news. This is where this comes from. How was the gospel first good news to you? Because before you're able to actually let it be good news for somebody else, it has to be good news for you. 
And at some point in your life, you look back and there was a moment, we call it conversion. We call it a moment when you accepted Christ. It was this moment where you realized your need for God, for the gospel, and you yielded your life to him and gave your life to him. And that gospel became good news for your life. It wasn't just your mama or your dad's good news. It's not just your pastor's good news. It's not just your neighbor's good news. It became your good news. And in Acts, it's really cool as you, as you turn to the end of Acts, there's a really cool story. And I'm going I'm to actually challenge you to do your homework on this because I'm not going to have time to go through it all. Acts 21 through Acts 26 is the story of when Paul tells his conversion testimony the last recorded time in the book of Acts. Okay, and it's a really interesting story. It's, a, it's actually really fascinating. I read it again this morning, and it's, it's a lot of fun. But essentially, he was arrested and accused for, for following the way, and they were going to put him to death. And on the way to put him to death for sharing the good news, he let this little uh, uh, secret slip out that he was a Roman citizen. And in doing that, what happened is whenever you said that you were a Roman citizen, you appealed to a higher authority, and you then said that you demanded an audience with Caesar to appeal your case. And that put in a chain of events where he then began his progression to Rome. He, sat, he, was, behind, he was before the high council, and they judged him, and they couldn't figure it out, and so they sent him to the governor, who was Felix at the time, and Felix was able to, to listen, and after two years of not doing anything because he wanted the Jews to be happy with him, his successor, Governor Festus, came on at the scene, and he was trying to figure out what to do with this guy named Paul, and ultimately there was this guy named King Agrippa that came to visit Festus, and Paul got to stand before King Agrippa, and in that moment, what's really cool and recorded in, uh, uh, in Acts 26 was Paul speaking before King Agrippa his conversion testimony. And what's really interesting is as you look at the wording, it's almost verbatim Acts 9, which is when it actually happened. When Saul had the conversion moment on Damascus, it's almost the same words. But what's really powerful about this is even though his conversion story was the same, it carried new power when speaking to a person he had never talked to before. I want you to think about that, that question, how was the gospel good news to me? There are people that when we share, the moment that we came to Christ, it will have impact on their life like nothing else because God uses the Holy Spirit to empower that testimony to be able to speak to them. In verse 28 of chapter 26, uh, King Agrippa, he actually has to stop Paul. And he's like, dude, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. In essence, he says, listen, man, you're going to talk a little bit longer, you're going to make me a Christian. Jeez, chill out, man. What was he saying? The power was in the testimony that Paul was sharing. The testimony of his conversion had not changed, but it carried with it new power for the moment. And so something for you to process through is this question of how was the gospel first good news to you? Ellie's going to share a little bit of of some of her testimony, actually, excuse me, actually uh, about when the gospel first became good news to her. Yeah, and I just, I thought it was, we thought it would be helpful to kind of see what does it look like in a conversation to say, hey, this is my story. Um, Because I think it would be helpful for us all to to write it down, to practice. Um, Because our 
our testimony is powerful. It has um, the power of Jesus in it. And um, this is my first kind of, uh, when it was first good news to me. Um, but at age 15, I had uh, walked away from God, and I had grown up in church, and I there was a lot of things that led to this in my family and in school and all kinds of issues that I won't go into right now, but many unanswered questions, and I didn't understand the love of God, and I truly decided he's not for me. I knew he was real. I had felt his presence. I knew he was real, but I didn't trust him, and I didn't believe that he was good. Um, I lived my own way for like five years. (laughs) I tried every possible conceivable way to fill that void in my heart, and honestly, I ended up super empty, Um, and there was this guy at work that I had gone on a couple of dates with, it wasn't Jason. Um, <laughs> um, but He's I had gone in so much trouble. <laughs> Actually, you should be thankful. I should be thankful. Um, but he... <laughs> we went on a couple of dates, and I, I, uh, I actually heard the audible voice of God say to me, if you continue to date this boy, he is going to walk away from me the way that you did. And something in me just broke. I couldn't... Um, I couldn't handle the thought of someone feeling as empty as I did. And so I was like, I told him, I was like, you need to get away from me. (laughs) You should probably run, actually. Um, And so he said, why don't you just come to church with me? We're not going to date anymore. Just come to church. And that Sunday, um, I was at Calvary Chapel, actually, over by the mall, and um, it was back when Pastor Bob was there, and he shared a message, "Your, your friends are going to fail you. Your family is certainly going to fail you. Your church is going to fail you. And that literally spoke to everything that had hurt me as a teenager. Um, And he said, but God is not going to fail you. He is going to come through for you. And I I honestly don't really remember what happened. I, I just know I immediately confessed everything before the Lord. And I went home and I got out my Bible. I hadn't opened my Bible in years. I don't even know how I had a Bible, honestly. I can't even remember why I would have one. I was living in a sorority house with a bunch of sorority girls. But I got home, and I tore through my room and found my Bible and opened it up and started pouring over the scripture, and I didn't stop. I didn't stop. I kept going because I knew that what he provided was far better than anything in this world. And so that's my you know, conversion testimony. And not all of them have to be so dramatic. Jason grew up in the church and never walked away from the Lord. I I was three three and I had to go to the bathroom during dinner and ask Jesus into my heart when I was pooping. That was mine. (laughs) It's a true story. You can ask his mom. You can verify that with my parents. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) You know, God works in all situations. Totally. Totally. (laughs) But both testimonies are powerful. And I know Jason's is kind of humorous, but truly, I believe that God uses every testimony for the power of the gospel. And so um, write yours down and start getting ready to share it. We need to get our testimony out. Not only that, not only asking the question of how was it good news, but the other question to ask is, how is the good news, how is the gospel good news for you today? Because your conversion moment, the moment when you came to the Lord, is not the end. God is working in your life. 
He has a journey that your life is on, and he's still continuing to do that today. He's still at work in your life. Every day, your testimony is growing. And so what we have to ask ourselves on a daily basis is, man, how is the gospel good news for me today? In fact, it's one thing that I would just challenge you even when you wake up in the morning to let that be something you, you ask yourself as you get out of bed in the morning. How is the gospel good news for me today? How is it impacting in my life? What is it today that God is doing in my life? You know, part of our, our responsibility as believers is to steward the story of what God is doing in our lives. Because see, if we don't do that, we miss moments where God is doing something in our life that we, he's actually allowing to have happen in our life so that we can use that to connect with someone else that needs him. And if we're not careful, we miss those moments because we don't steward the daily stories of what God has done in our life. And we have to remind ourselves daily, what is the thing today that God is doing? What is the gospel doing in my life? Another question to ask yourself, am I aware of what God is doing in my life right now? Am I aware of it? Do I go through my days and just kind of go on automatic pilot? Or do I actually say, yeah, today God is working in me in the area of patience, of kindness, of, of boldness, right? What are those things that God's doing? And part of stewarding and learning how to steward your story is actually learning to write it down. Ellie mentioned it. And I would really, really challenge you and encourage you to do this. This is something that is powerful. Not only can you go back and use it, but there's something when you actually have to write it down, it activates a different part of your brain. And so as you go through and you start to write down the stories of what God has done in your life, they become more readily available and off the top of your head that then you can work into a conversation as you're talking with people every day. We do this thing at our house. Uh, we started them a little, a little while ago. We have these cards that sit at our dinner table. And each one of these has a moment. We, we call them memorial stones. They're memorial stones, stones in our family of what God has done. So like we have each of the kids' birth stories in there, you know, and, and we talk about the brain tumor thing. We talk about, you know, gifts that I know. Always throwing that in there. throwing that in there. Guys, I had a brain tumor. I'm just kidding. <laughs> But we have all of these moments. We have these moments where we look back and they are definable moments when God was working in our lives. And what this does is every time we read through these, man, we remember this is the gospel. This is what God is doing in our lives. He's working all things together for good. And we have good news to share because we see the good news that's in work in our lives. And I'd encourage you to do that. It might not be this, but I would encourage you to just write down those things, that testimony and answering the question of how the gospel is good news to you today. Some questions that might be able to help you, and this is super practical. Where were you when the gospel became good news to you? Just where? where? Think back, right? What, what message moved you? What did you hear? Was it a, was it a podcast? Was it a, was it a sermon? Was it alone in your room and the Holy Spirit just got a hold of your heart? What did that look like? When was it, right? Just some simple questions that can start moving you and be able to write these things down. But asking the two questions, how was the gospel good news in your life? And how is the gospel good news in your life today? 
when we break into conversation here in just a minute, that is going to be the question that we're going to talk about today. How is the gospel good news to you today? And we're going to spend a few minutes just sharing some stories of what God's doing in your life. Just testify. We, we did this a little bit this morning in the, in the pre-service briefing, right? And, and Rob, I think, left already because he had to go to work. But Rob got his first deer in 60-something years. How long? Where's his wife? Where's his wife? I lost her. Anyway, 60-something years, right? God's good. God, and we t- testified. He was like, yeah, this is awesome. What are those things that God's doing? It might not be a deer. But uh, what are those things that God is doing in your life right now to show yourself that he's real? Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.